This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to David Sedaris, strangely, <laughs> for introducing me to the Dutch traditions of Sinterklaas and the fact that Santa Claus could potentially come to my house in the middle of the night, put candy in my shoes, or whack me over the head with a club, put me in a sack, and take me back to Spain. Yeah, just thanks for that. We wonder. We roam. We take the road. We make our home. Together, we're never alone. We take the road. We make our home. Hey, hey. welcome. I'm Jordan. I'm Sarah. And this is Couch Communion. Welcome back to the couch. It's late at night, guys. It's it's uh it's couch communion it's, after dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh getting cozy. It is. So which we're in for a good one. It's that time of year. It's the holiday season. It is. And today it's the holiday season. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Christmas traditions and the other things people believe about Christmas. (laughs) We're talking about Christmas. Christmas. Merry Merry Chrysler. Chrysler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um. So I'm one of those people, and you know this. I do. I sure do. I'm one of those people who, the day after Halloween, I turn on Mix ninety four point five, and I blast me some Mariah Carey. Christmas. I am fully ready for Mariah's Ascension the day after Halloween every single year. Not to call you out, but I think a more important um, musical choice that you make is the Kenny G Christmas album. I do. I do. And I will not stand for you uh, just passing over Kenny G. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I I deserve to be called out because um, Kenny G made the bet and i'm not this is come fight me on this (laughs) you're making some Um, big claims i'm making a bold claim here kenny g made the quintessential christmas album when he released kenny g faith a holiday album in 1999 (laughs) um it has let it snow it has I'll be home for Christmas. It has Oh Christmas Tree. It has, um, I don't know how to say, Auld Lang Syne? Yeah, Auld Lang Syne. Um, but he he has two versions of it. Just the regular one and then the Millennium Mix. Is it the Millennium? I'm going to start playing it on my phone here. The mil- I need it to scroll. Oh, dear. Yeah, the Millennium Mix which just has recordings over the last like hundred years of history that are just like famous recordings. That's actually cool. It's weirdly, and this, this has to do with my own personal Christmas experience. It is weirdly my favorite, not my favorite, yeah. but it is one of my favorite holiday songs, uh-huh. even though it's a new year's song. Um, just because it just takes me back to decorating the house for Christmas with my parents. And he, and for whatever reason, <laughs> this is awful. For whatever reason, the part of the song that sticks in my head is they have a recording um, 
from when the Challenger explosion happened. Oh, God. Um, and it's, it's, I can't remember who it is. I think it's a president um, talking about the tragedy. Yeah. And it's like these brave people went into the unknown and kissed the face of God. And then it's like this big crescendo in the music. And that moment is just so moving and powerful that I'm wow. just like, that, that does it for me. So that's probably the oddest holiday song that I love. Uh huh. Um, it's a it's a weird it's a weird song. It's emotionally like, it's, I feel like that's as patriotic as I get. Yeah, it's like, a journey. It's it a journey. Right the Chris the Christmas music is really like, I know that a lot of people hate Christmas music because it is just like. Well, for one thing, here in Lexington, we have a radio station that, like, plays it nonstop the day mm-hmm. after Halloween until, like, New Year's. Yeah. So, um, it can be annoying. And I get that. Especially because there's not a lot of new Christmas music out there. Um, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's like the same ten songs. It really is. Over and over again. I get that. It's really hard to make a new Christmas song stick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Kelly Clarkson did it. No, no, Kelly Clarkson didn't do it. That was a remake. Um, who has done it? Who has done it in recent years? Sia had a, a Christmas new- album. Couldn't tell you any of the songs yeah. on there. Pentatonics. Pentatonics does a great job one. of... of making the old ones feel new too yeah yeah um but let me tell you when you dip into the country music sector of christmas music new doors open up okay because i have many a beloved christmas songs yeah that are not of the typical christmas repertoire yeah okay um such as uh Reba McIntyre's uh, 1999 album, Holiday. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Man. <laughs> man. Now that is just, that's an album right there. Yeah. Um, now there are a few classics. Okay. Uh, this Christmas. Um, Mary, did you know? Of course. Uh, I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. You know, up on the housetop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Those are all the good ones. Um I don't know if this is um, a new song or if or at, at the time if it was a new song or if it was a remake or not. But man, I've never heard it from anyone other than Reba. And she just kills it. One child, one day. Yeah. I just jammed to that. Reba, you know? preach it. So for all of you looking for some new holiday music out there, go hit up some country music if yeah. you can stand it. Um, because there is a whole, there's a whole world of it. You can just skip Christmas shoes though. Skip no. right on past that one. No, just throw that, throw that right out the window. No, it, no. We're not doing that. No. Um, Alan Jackson's 1993 album, uh, Honky Tonk Christmas <laughs> is also a good, is, is a great one. Yeah. Um, uh, the angels cried will make me, will make me cry every single time because it's him and Alison Krauss. Oh. Um, and she has that real, real, real high voice. Mm-hmm. That just like ugh, breaks my heart every time. But he also does this song. He does Santa's gonna come in a pickup truck. Okay, but okay. he does it with Alvin and the Chipmunks. 
I had an Alvin and the Chipmunks full CD of Christmas oh, songs. Oh, did you really? Full CD. Yeah. My well, mother hated it. I made her listen to it every year. For some reason, I genuinely, I genuinely hate the Chipmunks. Yeah. Like, you and Minions is me and Chipmunks. I get that. Um, I get that. I'm just not, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, But I love this song. I'm not going to play it for you, but. Hey. I love that song. To each his own. Yeah. Um, While we're talking about Christmas music, can I also interject that I will fight anyone on the fact that Clay Aiken made a dang good Christmas album. It is a great album. It is so Ooh, I need to go add that to my playlist. I have a Christmas Christmas decorating playlist. Merry Christmas with Love slaps. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me it doesn't. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I haven't listened to Clay Aiken Christmas in so long. Oh, do you remember when we went to see Clay Aiken at the palace that time? I do. That was great. It was lovely. It was wonderful. Also, Alan Jackson has a song on this album called um, Please Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. (laughs) So if you want your Christmas music to take you to some places. Wow. (laughs) Alan Jackson, Honky Tonk Christmas is where it's He did that for you. He did it for you. Oh, Um, wow. But yeah. So really, Christmas season to me starts with the music. It starts the day after Halloween. Um, I have made negotiations with my husband where um, we are allowed. We didn't get to this year because we were sick. um, But we are allowed to decorate for Christmas the weekend after or the first weekend in November. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as, aside from that day when we decorate, um, I do not play Christmas music in front of him. Until after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And we do not put lights on the outside of the house until after Thanksgiving. Fair. I am okay with those stipulations. Yeah. I will listen to Christmas music on my own. <laughs> uh, and I will have a joyous time decorating the house. Um, so, and and we get to enjoy the tree that much longer. And like the yeah. decoration. It's just so cozy. Yeah. I just like feeling cozy and warm and happy and full of giving. And mm-hmm. like... So I don't think it's, I, I think, I think stop shaming your friends who decorate early. We just are happy people <laughs> and we want to be happy and we need this. <laughs> we just need to be happy. Let me have it. Please. I, I just get, I just get um, sad. Here's the thing. I am fine with holiday and the, the spirit of Thanksgiving and Christmas as holiday season. Yeah. I just get mad about, like, winter feelings intruding into my fall. I can understand that. Because, like, true fall, like, September is still summer for part of it. And so then you get September, the end of September and October. And then as soon as November hits, people are like, it's winter now. It's snow season. And I'm like, no, it's not snow. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen November as winter. I think it's like, I see, I get what you're saying, though. But, like... It is kind of funny because I stop thinking about fall the moment Halloween is over. Yeah. But I get really mad at the beginning of September when it's not fall. Yes. I'm like, I want it to be fall now. It's yeah. fall now. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. And then when we get to November, I've had a solid couple of months mm-hmm. of thinking about fall. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for winter now. I am also more of a winter person. I yeah. like winter a little bit better than fall. Um, so 
I have some bias there. Mm-hmm. But I totally get what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. It just intrudes on my fall time. And yeah. I just, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not to bah humbug. And I support you in your, in your holiday You season. are welcome to bah humbug. I really just don't need two months of Christmas. One month is enough. I actually do about two and a half months of Christmas. See. Well, yeah, yeah you guys have um We go till Advent. A, well, no. Advent is before. Um, we go till Epiphany. Epiphany. That's yeah. it. Which is not that far into January, but it's, no. it's yeah. a little bit far. Um, but yeah. But yeah. I do appreciate, I will say this, I do appreciate holiday winter because mm-hmm. then after New Year's, it's pointless winter. Yeah, that and is And I the hate, thing. that's yeah. my least favorite time of the year. January and February, I'm sorry. Yeah. I respect there's you. There's nothing going on. I respect you, but I don't like you. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's just bitterly cold. And here in Kentucky, it won't snow. No. It I just... mean, it will, but one day and then that's it. That's all you get. And you get a lot of ice and a lot of slush. And it's not fun. And it's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. But my perspective has always been Christmas season and by Christmas season, I mean that in the loose term, mm-hmm. because I realize the church organizes the Christmas calendar differently. Um, but like the holiday season starts November 1st, pauses yeah. <laughs> um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving lasts until that, f- that Sunday or when you lo- run out of leftovers. Uh-huh. And then uh Christmas starts back up again or Advent. Yeah. That's when Advent really starts Yeah, uh, for me. Um, well, really, I mean, officially, if we're talking the most official, like I know the church has their calendar and corporate whatever, but the official, I think, marking of the beginning of Christmas season is the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving parade when Santa comes <laughs> in on the sleigh. You know what? That is fair. Thank you. That is fair. Because you and I are both very big on the macy's thanksgiving day parade yes my mom and i watched it every year same you know we we sat i mean like still she calls me on thanksgiving morning Mm -hmm. because we don't do thanksgiving on thanksgiving day anymore um and she says you watching the parade have you seen this float have you seen that yeah and so like that is yes the macy's thanksgiving day parade is underrated it's so good and it was very sad last year I know. And I'm so excited for this year. <laughs> I, for my own personal reasons, am excited and also sad, yes, but yeah. um, mostly excited. You so. should come and watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade at my house with me this year. Maybe. We're, we, sh- we can make a morning of it. I might be here cooking. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are doing your own Thanksgiving this year. I am. Oof. I'm hosting Thanksgiving. Oof. Thankfully, not for very many people. It's just my stepdad yeah. and my mom and be, but... But that's a big milestone. That's exciting. Fixing your own Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. That's big. I just refuse to do the turkey. I'm making my stepdad do it. Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) don't don't know how to do that. But I do love my mom's Thanksgiving because it is, um, because my grandmother always had a very small Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving on my mom's side um, because it was just, it was just kind of her and us. And so, um, it was never really, really big. And so my mom took it over and now it's kind of this really cool blending mm-hmm. of like my gr- my mom's side of the family, like whoever wants to come will come because mm-hmm. her family's huge. Um, but then like you guys come, you and Maddie come and it's, you know, my immediate family. And then like then sometimes my some of my dad's cousins will come yeah um or like you know people who are in town for the weekend will come and so it's this really cool yeah like chill 
Thanksgiving that I really love. I also love your mom's Thanksgiving yeah. because she makes homemade rolls. Yeast rolls. Yes, and ma'am. Woof. Ooh, and woof. I mean, all of the food is good. And the hot roll mix she's had saved up because Pillsbury stopped making that stuff yeah. for a hot second. And she was real distraught and she bought a bunch of it. Yeah. So. I think that you've gotten down to why Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I mean, I love Christmas, mm-hmm. but Thanksgiving is, I A, appreciate the sentiment of being thankful. Yeah. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. We can talk, you know, about the historical problematic whatever of Thanksgiving. I don't care about that. I literally, I don't care about the pilgrims and the Indians got together and ha- whatever. Like the pilgrims sucked. We all know it. We all know it. Okay. I just care about now Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I like being able to see my family. Same thing. It right. was always, you know, and it's low pressure. That's true. You don't have to give gifts. You just make food and then you eat until you feel like you're going to pass out. And then you do pass out. The food is high pressure for me, though, because like I need that food to taste good. That's fair. like when I'm making it for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I'm like, I better hear 15 people go through the line and go, "Ooh, is that sweet potato casserole? Yeah. So which I have to say, listeners, it's very it's not upsetting. I actually find it lovely. Jordan doesn't even like sweet potatoes, and she oh, no, makes. I do now. <gasps> you do now. That's the beauty of pregnancy. Change my... your taste buds. It did. It did. When I was pregnant with my uh, with my son, uh, my first son, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I all of a sudden uh, found a hankering for sweet potatoes that I have hated my entire life. See. And I love it because I love sweet potatoes and I love sweet potato casserole and Jordan always made it. And Oh, and sauerkraut, which was funny. Oh, see, no, I have not. Um, I, I love me some sauerkraut. I have now. not and will never get mm-hmm. on that train, I don't think, unless yeah. I get pregnant and something cray cray happens. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Oh, sweet potatoes sound really good right now. Mm. I make a mean sweet potato casserole, though. That is true. And I have, even when I hated them. Yes, <laughs> it was always good. And it was always good. I always felt bad that Jordan didn't even like what she... This beautiful yeah. creation. I can't, um, I can't take full credit for it though because it is my mom's recipe. Um, but she and I make it a little bit differently, mm-hmm. mainly because her recipe is vague. Um, She's trying to keep the secret. From yeah. Me. <laughs> but uh, now I've got my husband's family hooked on it. Yeah. So. So good. It's so good. Um, so, Thanksgiving aside, I, I love Thanksgiving. I do. I don't want to gloss over Thanksgiving. No, but it's we're a, here to talk about It's a Christmas. beautiful holiday. Yeah. I'm here to talk about Christmas. Talking about Christmas. Because it's just, Christmas is this whole thing where I, <laughs> I think um, I have a lot of issues with the holiday season when it comes to being a Christian. Okay. Um, because I feel like there's so much pressure to like... Or at least growing up, there was, like, so much pressure to, like, put the focus on Jesus. He's the reason for the season. Keep the Christ but Christmas. Yes. But also, let's go have some fun over here with this present-given stuff. Yeah. And like, but here's the thing. Growing up in the evangelical church, and I know this is not true of everybody's experience, we did not really follow. We did follow the liturgical calendar, but, like, not in a very overt way that was made clear to me. Yeah. So like Advent as a season was never clear to me until I met Mark, who is a Catholic. Yes. And Advent is a very clearly defined season and in the church. And so like, um, when you, when you, 
when you have to be like, make Jesus the reason for the season for this huge long amount of time, but it's not Christmas yet. Yeah. It's just like, okay, but can I'm going to go focus on the shopping. Yeah. And now that we've incorporated Advent, or I've incorporated Advent into my Christmas celebration, mm-hmm. it really does help you focus okay yeah on the christian aspects of that season you know but then at the same time it is so asinine to sit and listen to christians get so bent out of shape about every little freaking thing during the holiday season i hate it i I mean just everything 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 so that's why i wanted to talk a little bit about christmas yeah but before we get into that stuff, because mm-hmm. I do want to talk about some of the histories of, of our Christmas traditions, okay. where those come from. Um, and <laughs> strangely enough, they don't come from the church. Um, mm. But also talk a little bit about like some of our Christmas traditions okay, that we've yeah. always done. Yeah. Um, specifically ones in the church, but also like ones that we've just kind of adopted. Because um, like there's the classic christmas pageant that like you probably participated in maybe once as a child actually i don't think our (gasps) church ever did one no way and i never went to a school that did one that's crazy i know yeah christmas pageants are they're a good time i actually always really loved doing them yeah i mean yeah it's cute, you know. But we didn't always do the same thing every year. So, like, mm-hmm. a traditional Christmas pageant is, like, you dress up all the little kids as um, shepherds and angels and sheep and... One donkey. One donkey, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you have one slightly older child, two, sorry, two slightly older children dress up as Mary and Joseph mm-hmm. and the freshest baby in the church... Yeah. Um, you tr- entrust these two children with the freshest baby in <laughs> Fresh the church. Fresh infant. Um, and you put on a nativity scene, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they read the Christmas story and the kids, you know, enter when they're supposed to enter and exit when they're supposed to exit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all very cute and adorable. Um, I've done those. Yeah. Before. Uh, I've been an angel before. Um, we also did an interpretive movement to do you hear what I hear. Um, and that was a whole, that was a whole experience. There was ribbon dancing. Stop. Sorry. There was ribbon movement. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> oh no. That was, um, that was something. But, uh, one year I got to be Mary. Yeah. And hold the freshest baby. Yeah. Um, and I, at that point, I think I was in, I think it was in high school. At that point. Okay. Um, because I was the only girl left in the youth group. So you were default Mary. I was default Mary. Um, and I, I believe at this point, too, I wasn't even really in a youth group because we didn't have a youth minister. It was just kind of like last second, two nights before, they were like, hey, will you play Mary? We don't have a Mary. And yeah. I was like, sure. Sure thing. Um, however, no, we didn't have a fresh baby at that time. I remember now. Mm-hmm. This is the funny part. So we didn't have a fresh baby, so you use a baby doll. Right. That is how that happens. Um, but there was a young child playing a sheep 
who was um, maybe not much older than my son. I mean, maybe two, mm-hmm. um, who was supposed to sit very quietly next to the little manger while I held the baby and Joseph looked on lovingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted the baby doll. <laughs> and so she, <laughs> in the middle of the freaking thing, she is trying to grab this baby doll from me. <laughs> and I... Trying to be as sweet as possible to this little girl. Yeah. I just looked down at her and I very quietly, I moved her hand away and I said, not right now, not right now. Mm-hmm. And I was just very quietly trying to get her to stop. Mm-hmm. And she started wailing, just wailing at the top of her lungs. And she had to run off stage to her mom. Oh my gosh. Uh, afterward, I told her mom, I was like, I'm so sorry. And she goes, no, it's fine. <laughs> She's just like this. That was on her. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah. No, but we would do like plays. We would put on a Christmas play mm-hmm. that was vaguely Christmas themed. See, we did do some plays when I was young in um, our youth group when we had kids. We Well, we had a children's choir. True. So we did, pl- you know, plays or skits or things. But um, yeah, I don't think we ever did a nativity one. Yeah. So... Hmm. We did a play one year where we were all, <laughs> we it was set in a toy store, uh-huh. and we were all toys that have that they come to life when the toy store closes naturally. Um, and I think I think it was very cats esque in that it was like who's gonna get to be the best toy for Christmas or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the one you least expect, the jellical toy. Yeah, but I think it was also a little bit. <laughs> it's also a little bit like. Um, existential in that, like, we were contemplating our our souls <laughs> as toys and our relationship to God. It was really weird. Interesting. Um, but I got to play the lead role, which was a Minnie Mouse doll. Cute. Um, and I'm still bitter about this today. The woman who did my makeup uh-huh. for the show, Mi- it's Minnie Mouse, okay? Minnie Mouse. What's, what is the only thing you need... To be to me, Minnie Mouse on your face. Uh, uh, a nose. Yeah, a nose, a nose. Tell me, what shape is Minnie Mouse's nose? Uh, circle. It's a dot. It's just a little. Okay. Just a little circle. Yeah. This woman painted Stop. my entire nose Stop. a full triangle in the middle of my uh. face, painted it black. <laughs> and I remember as a child thinking. Mouse's nose is this <laughs> and I think I said something like, "Oh, I think Minnie's nose is just a, a circle." Mm-hmm. And she, doing my makeup, goes, "No, this is how it is. I know what it is." And I look back at the pictures from that, and I get so mad every time I see it <laughs> because my mom. Here's what happened. My mom found this old dress of hers yeah. that was so cute that I actually fit into. Which, if you've if you've ever seen my mother, it's like a miracle that I fit into anything my mother ever wore. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's red and it has this cute belt. Yeah. And it's a Minnie Mouse dress. Like it had the shoulder pads. It was poofed up. And she took it. And what she did is it was a long dress and she pinned it mm-hmm. so that it came to my knee. But she put um, crushed crepe paper inside the plate where it was pinned so it would puff up like it had a petticoat. Yeah. Um. And it looked, I mean, it, and I had these black tights and these cute shoes and I like looked like Minnie Mouse and there's blob <laughs> on the, on my face. Soiled it. Just soiled it. it. So Ugh. 
that that Christmas was a wash. <laughs> the just, whole season was ruined. The whole season. The whole season was a wash. But we also had a choir. We didn't we didn't have a children's choir because it was hit or miss if we had children. Yeah. yeah. Um, our numbers were just so unreliable. Yeah. Um, when we did have children, we had the handbells. Okay. Yeah. The the kids would do the handbells. <sighs> But we had a choir, and the year that I got to actually join the adult choir uh-huh. was, like, so cool. Yeah. It felt so cool. And it was the, um, we had Christmas cantata. Yes, yes. Did you guys have cantatas? Yes. Yeah. Well, when we when I moved to an, a bigger church, um, and I didn't join the choir, but for a while my stepdad was a choir director at a church that we were at. And so I sang with their Christmas program. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I uh, I had to look up the word cantata because I was like, did I make that word up? Is that a real thing? No, it's a real thing. It, it is. is a, it is a musical performance that is often accompanied by narration from a story. Yes. So. Um, but yeah. Um, the, the church experiences were always really good in terms of Christmas. And we had a... <laughs> When I was a kid, they always had at the end of the Christmas service, like the, the, it was always an evening, like night or like an evening that they would do, um, that was separate from church, like our normal church Mm -hmm. service. Um, and at the end of everything, once all the Jesus stuff was wrapped up, they would have Santa come and pass out gifts. Um, and people would exchange gifts and stuff. It was very sweet. And then we had a, we had a pastor for a while that was like very anti everything and Santa went away. And then as soon as he was gone, Santa came back. Of course. So, well, we, one of my favorite Christmas things that our church did, we, um, always did a Christmas Eve, uh, candlelit service. Oh, that's so nice. So pretty. And I mean, so many candles. But a lot of people always came to that. People brought their families and everything. Mm. And it was just, I mean, sanctuary, darkness. Yeah. You know, lit by candlelight. And usually it was like 8 o'clock at night. Um, So for a while, we would go to that. It usually lasts like an hour. We would go back to, um, or maybe 7, because 8 seems late. But we would go back to my meemaw's house and do like a relish tray and just kind of snack around Aww. and kind of do we would do like stockings christmas eve and then presents on christmas yeah um but yeah i they still do the the candle service and it's so good oh it's so good i love a candlelit service me too christ church where i go now is um they do a beautiful candlelit service yeah on christmas eve that i love loved we've been once yeah um uh, that I hope we get to go to this year. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's stunning. Yeah. So There's something good. very intimate about candlelit services that are just, there is. Yeah. You know, you feel closer to the people around you and to the spirituality of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any weird, like non church related Christmas traditions? Um, Hmm. Let me think. Uh, I mean, we always got a real tree. That was always a tradition mm, for yeah. us. Your Christmas tree was the first real tree I ever saw. Really? Or that I think I ever saw. We may have had one when I was very, very little. Yeah. But I don't remember it. Yeah, there's a there's a little 
it's usually a flower <laughs> Let me shop. clarify. The first real Christmas tree I ever saw, like, in a house. Yeah, like, yeah I I've got you. I've seen real trees. <laughs> <laughs> An ev- evergreen, you say? <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, so there's this little flower shop um, called Louie's that's down the street from the house where I grew up. And, well, and from my house now. But uh, every year they have real Christmas trees. And it was always so nice to go and um they always have like they have a fireplace i mean it's all outdoor but they have a big stone fireplace and they would have marshmallows you could roast they had hot apple cider they had a little sleigh where you could like take pictures they had a petting quote-unquote petting zoo they had like a donkey (laughs) for a while um and uh just walking around and like smelling the trees it's yeah. just perfect. Like now I have, you know, I don't do a real tree anymore, but um, I'm tempted to just like go walk around. I think one year I did. I just kind of poked my head in and like took a lap and got some cider and left. Yeah. <laughs> um, But it's nice, you know, so we would do that. Um, We were always big on like the Christmas, uh, like Charlie Brown Christmas. And I love the Grinch. Oh, like tr- the animated. Wait. I love the Jim Carrey one. I was going to say, you love the Jim Carrey version. Yeah, that's a different discussion. But um, I, I also love the animated Grinch. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the Grinch hits me in a place that really? makes me emotional. I don't know why. Huh. I don't know why. But like, I always watch it. And I'm like, oh, this is cute. And then it gets to the like, his, his heart-, heart grew three sizes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> See, I always loved the Grinch because my brother and I kind of, that was like one of the things that we didn't fight about. Yeah. Was we loved to sing. Well, it's it's weird because we love the Grinch because we love to sing the you're a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch, because yeah. it's, it's so such a silly song. Yeah. And, but I think we love to sing that song because it's in Home Alone. Oh, because he watches yes. in, in Home Alone, and the the music is in there too. And my brother and I agree that well, now he would say Die Hard, but like we agree that Home Alone is the Christmas movie. It is. It's it is. It is. Yeah. It just is. I mean, I have a lot of favorite Christmas movies, but I do too. Um, yeah, Home Alone is definitely a good one. Yeah. yeah. We. It's been really interesting pulling away from well not pulling away from but moving into um more mainstream uh christian circles because i've learned a lot more about the actual church calendar okay um and things like advent candles like we did them we did them in church Mm -hmm. like every sunday they would like light another candle but it was only four sundays and it was like okay it's the candle thing yeah well Mark and I have adopted a tradition that his family always did, which was you light the advent candles at dinner and you say a special prayer um, mm-hmm. each week. But so like every day of the week, you light the candle at dinner and you say the same prayer in week one, the same prayer in week two, the same prayer in week three. So like um, you spend a lot of time with those prayers and with that can- that set yeah. of candles Um as as like that moment in your day where you can stop and 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 really assess the Christmas season, it's yeah. very very nice during Advent. I really that's one of my favorite things that we've adopted mm. in our home. We also made our own Advent wreath. 
that's um, cool. To, to hold the candles. And it's actually like a little wooden platform mm-hmm. that has some greenery around it. Um, and then the candles are big, thick um, uh, purple and pink candles. I think I remember seeing that yeah. last year. Yeah, it's and really pretty. We have a very specific holy family mm-hmm. that sits in front of it. And it's it sits on our kitchen table. And we love it so much. So, like, that's been really cool. Yeah. We there's other traditions of his families that we have not adopted, such as hiding baby Jesus from the nativity scene until Christmas Day. No, no, we don't do that. Baby Jesus gets to stay out all, <laughs> all all Advent long. We are not hiding our light under a bushel, guys. <laughs> Which I get it. I get the whole idea of like Jesus doesn't come until Christmas yeah. Day, but like it's cute. First but... of all, Christmas Day is an arbitrary date that was not even Jesus's birthday. <laughs> exactly. So I don't understand why we can't celebrate the birth of Jesus all through. I mean, like while alongside Advent, you know. Yeah, talk about taking the Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> I just, I just didn't want. So I vowed to Mark that we would never buy a nativity set that where the baby comes separate from the manger, mm-hmm. um, because it's harder to hide it when the baby is stuck to the manger. That's true. And so my grandmother ended up giving us a very hefty, beautiful but hefty ceramic uh, nativity scene. Yeah. And that that chunky baby Jesus <laughs> is not going anywhere. So. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. 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 And then we also keep up our, like we were saying earlier, we keep up our decorations until Epiphany, which for those of you who don't follow the liturgical liturgical calendar is um, supposedly like when the wise men arrived to like announce the birth of Jesus um, and give the gifts and all that jazz. So, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. But see, the thing that I found it's interesting about Epiphany is that, like, we never talked about the Epiphany in my Southern Baptist upbringing. We not, not really. In mine either. Um, it is fully celebrated. I mean, like, it's an official day in the church calendar. So, like, when we go to Mass, mm-hmm. I really love what they do at Epiphany. Mark is not into it because they didn't really do a lot for it when he was a kid yeah. in his home church. But like um, where we go to church now, they have these larger than life. I'm talking like they wouldn't fit in this room, like like 10 foot tall puppets of the three kings. And uh-huh. they take three people to operate. Uh-huh. Is that right? Two people to operate. You got one person holding the main pole and one person that holds the two outward poles that are their arms. Yeah. No, no, no. It is three. It's one person per arm. Uh-huh. Um, and they they do this whole procession in the middle of mass where um, the three, they have Mary and Joseph and the baby like in the middle of the, um, we have kind of a weird configuration at our church. And so like there's a circular nature to it so they're kind of in the middle of the circle and then these three kings one by one come and they bow um they have them bow and they present a gift and then they go and they stand behind them and they do these motions and it's it's so big and like yeah i just it's kind of similar to the first time i ever went to an episcopal church and they did pentecost and it was like oh my gosh, I've never seen this aspect of my religion celebrated before. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. Yeah. And so um, that's one of those traditions that I was really happy to kind of like, 
adopt for myself is like the celebration of epiphany Mm -hmm. not just that christ was like born but also that like he was declared and then it was like okay now the world knows yeah that is really cool that is really cool yeah um and yeah you're right i don't think i ever really knew about that until you and mark started celebrating yeah yeah so we don't take anything down until january so yeah we're those people (laughs) It's okay. You have people. a religious excuse to be those people, <laughs> as you should. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of traditions out there for mm-hmm. celebrating Christmas, but there's other stuff too. You know, there's the gifts. We love mm-hmm. the gift. You and I, we do uh, our friend group gift exchange, yep. which has thankfully turned into a name drawed gift exchange because I cannot afford to <laughs> to get the gifts anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Secret Santa. Yeah, we do Secret Santa. I do a work Secret Santa. We do. Um, we do Santa. Yeah. This is the first year Mark and I will do, will actually do Santa. Yeah. Which is weird because we're still trying to figure out how we want to do that because we don't want to like make it a huge thing, but we also don't want to like take that away from, we want to yeah. do it. It's fun. But yeah. But we don't want to like overdo it. Yeah. I actually found, uh, my stepdad gave me the other day this little bag of things that he had found and there are some letters from santa to me when i was a kid it's really cute that is cute Mm -hmm. it's also funny to see my parents try to disguise their handwriting (laughs) yeah because that was eventually what gave it away is Mm -hmm. my mom one year didn't and i was at that age where i was like i'm not i'm not sure if i believe this anymore and so i literally was just like mom why does santa have the same handwriting (laughs) as you and she was like okay sit down like (laughs) It, I had a different Santa experience where I actually don't remember uh, the 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 moment yeah. that I realized Santa wasn't real. To me, my memory is like I have always known that Santa is not a real thing, but I play the game. Like it's like a yeah, it's like a, I know he's not real, but let's play, let's do it. It's yeah, fun. yeah. Um, but there was a t- mom t- tells me that there was a time that I asked her. I said, "Is he, is Santa real?" And she said, "What do you think?" Yeah. And I was like, "Well," and I basically was like, "I think he's this fun thing we do, but it's not a real guy." And she was like, "You're right." Correct. So. I mean, I used to spread reindeer food out on the yard and leave carrots what? out and all that stuff. But I guess I just was like, you know, it's this fun. is a cool, fun thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's an imaginary. Yes. We like it. And shout out to all the all the non-Christian kids who never said anything. Yes. As honestly, we kids, honestly. You guys are great. We, you're the real MVPs. You kept us so sheltered. It was wonderful. We love you. God bless. <laughs> um that's you should dedicate this episode to yeah oh, truly no, you've already done. truly <laughs> though um so southern lights is the last of the tr- traditions that i wanted to bring up yeah um here in our beautiful hometown um there is a tradition called southern lights where you go and you basically drive through a bunch of christmas lights mm-hmm. um that's it you drive through a bunch of christmas lights displays at the horse park they're they're pretty cool. I mean, they have yeah. the same ones for the from the for the, the last twenty nine years of my life. They've had the same teddy bear that goes boing off of the <laughs> off of the jack in the box and uh-huh. then goes into the honey pot. Like that was such a good noise. <laughs> thank you. I've been practicing it for twenty nine yeah. years. Um, but they, you know, they brought in some Star Wars ones one year that stuck around. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they move them around every now and then. <laughs> 
it's lame and I love it. No, it's fine. I think the real, the most fun part from my journeys with you and your family is singing the 12 days of Christmas as you drive by. Yeah. So they have a different light display for every day of Christmas for the song. And so, but they're evenly spaced. They're not spaced like the song. So when we, you are supposed to sing them when you drive by it, but it gets harder and harder to sing them as you go and um we all get confused mom ends up skipping from nine to two <laughs> and, and during the middle of the day oh it's five yeah rings, two, two. <laughs> yeah yeah um it's it's just fun it's good fun and then at the end of the the driving light show you can choose to pull off into the parking lot of the main building there and they have a petting zoo and food kettle corn kettle corn that is the only time of the year that i love kettle corn yeah because it's freaking cold outside yeah and it's fresh hot kettle corn oh it's so good um oh the kettle corn is amazing i love kettle corn um and really cramped shopping there's craft vendors that come and sell their stuff and then weirdly a model train display you go down some stairs and then there's like like it's it's like a convergence of like all of the model train experts in the like Tri-City area yeah. come and they set up this beautiful, incredible train display and you just walk through it and you see all the different trains and the different scales and stuff yeah. and the little villages and it's it's po- cool. It's pointless and wonderful. Yeah, it's it's whimsical. Yes. It's whimsical. Um and then like uh there's usually a petting zoo. Mm-hmm. Um they have camels and and um fuzzy the cows. fuzzy cows the cutest scottish cows you've ever seen and i have begged my parents to back their car up to the back of the petting zoo <laughs> every single year to take one of these cows home yes. to sneak it off I love them. they won't do it they're so, they're big noses and they're dopey eyes yeah. and they're big bangs mm. and they're fluffy oh my gosh they're so cute um there's they used to have lemurs that was kind of cool oh yeah um they always have kangaroos which makes me sad yeah a lot of petting zoos make me sad these days though um they used to have an ostrich (laughs) they don't have an ostrich anymore i can tell you that because my dad may have injured it Were you there that year or was no. that before you, before I met you? Um, it must have been before or I just wasn't there. I it was know. the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, no, no, I shouldn't say that. It was awful. <laughs> it was violent. This it was violent. violent. Attack. It was, it was, it was abuse, <laughs> but <laughs> on both ends, <laughs> everyone was guilty. Yeah. Um, so my father... <laughs> Was looking at this ostrich. I mean, it is really cool to be up close and personal with an ostrich. Yeah. Because, like, that's an animal you don't see every day when you live in the middle of Kentucky. Right. Um, however, it's a petting zoo, so the cages are small, which, again, the sadness. Um, and this ostrich could get dangerously close to people. Um, and, you know, it's not a complete myth that ostriches are kleptomaniacs. <laughs> Um, this ostrich, my dad was wearing this, I I can picture the jacket so perfectly, Mm. um, this University of Kentucky pullover jacket 
that um, was blue and it had the poles on the hood to make the hood tighter, except the poles had those little metal protective pieces on it to keep the knot from going up through the hood. And they were silver and just very like shiny, shiny. Um, and the, my dad's talking to this ostrich and the ostrich is looking at dad and you could see it tilt its head a little bit. And then it just reaches out and it just, just like a flash, <laughs> just, just pecks him and gra- grabs this little pulley thing on his jacket and is trying to eat it. And so dad naturally reaches out with both hands and grabs the ostrich around the neck and starts shaking him. And no one, it was, it was this, some of my dad's favorite moments happen in complete silence. Um, There was this one time we were at Blue Mesa and he fell and injured himself severely and none of us heard it. (laughs) He was was like 10 feet behind us. It was completely silent. He's like bleeding and we turn around and we're like, what happened to you? Anyway, so this fight with this ostrich was like, it it was like, like excruciatingly long but it was probably only like 10 seconds but it felt like an eternity of silent struggle between the two of them just standing there gripping the ostrich shaking it trying to get him to let go of this stupid pulley thing on his jacket and um it did eventually let go it did None of the none of the attendants for the petting zoo were any the wiser at all. I think that's what's getting because I've heard this story obviously before. The thought of it happening quietly is so funny. Just the shuffling of feet on the hay, and just just that's it. That's that's it. And no one saw it except for us. And we swiftly left the petting zoo. And the next year we came back and the ostrich was gone. Never to return again. And it's my favorite story ever to tell about my dad. People meet me and they're like, what are your parents like? And I'm like, my dad strangled an ostrich once. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. So Southern Lights is a blast. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why that's hitting me. Oh, my God. My head hurts. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> so we've we've covered a lot. About Christmas traditions uh-huh. that we've participated in. Yeah. We're going to take a step back into history uh, here in a moment. We're going to take a short break, uh, recuperate from the ostrich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, we, will be, we will be right back. Yes. Okay, so we're back. Here we are. We are recuperated and recovered. We are ready 
I was just ready to go. I was not even going to say we're back. I was not even going to say hello. I was just going to jump in. You're like, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's late. <laughs> I'm ready, too. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. So I thought it would be interesting to, because we get so bent out of shape about, like, people taking the Christ out of Christmas, uh-huh. to take a couple of our normal Christmas traditions and just trace them back. Let's and back, find back, out, back. like, how purely Christian are these traditions and how much do we not need to be getting bent out of shape about them i'm guessing not at all none at all at all none (laughs) at all that is that is the uh that is the whole deal yeah also people getting bent out of shape about santa claus in ways that they shouldn't yeah because his rooted his his origins are rooted in an actual church like is actually rooted in the church yeah yeah which is so funny that we're mad about the stuff that we shouldn't be mad about, and we're not mad about the stuff that, that we, we should, should be? be? Yes. No, we shouldn't be mad about any of it. I'll figure that out in my head later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I did some did some, uh, some looking. Some Googling. Some Googling, some looking around, um, kind of trying to figure out, like, where some of our traditions come from. And there's a lot of, this is like a, this is like a far, 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 far back um, analysis. There's a lot more to it than what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, because, obviously, there are, just as we were looking at with Halloween, there are a lot of traditions around the world that center on the solstices and on the seasons and how, you know, the earth changes and all that stuff. That's a natural cycle that like even, you know, that any culture could have some kind of tradition wrapped around that then when we go in and we, and we try to, you know, um, conquer that culture, Uh uh, we make it easier. We being Christians make it easier to, for them to adapt to our ways by letting them keep their celebration days and just focusing it on Jesus. Right. Um, that's kind of how the whole imperialism, you know, crusading kind of works. Right. Um, but Christmas specifically, the very, like, earliest recordings of Christmas celebrations in Roman traditions come from about the 4th century. Um, okay. In, in there, they are roundabouts in December. Okay. Near the winter solstice, which is Yule, right? Well, Yule um, is is a Norse celebration. Okay, but yes, okay, a, around a similar time. Okay, yeah, um, and Yule is an interesting celebration in itself too, because that's where we get a lot of our tree um, um, symbolism. Gotcha. Um, because in the celebrations of Yule, um, people would uh, bring. Um, uh, they would bring branches, tree branches inside, inside the house and decorate them with, um, not only like little gifts, but also food, um, to like open the way for, you know, the season. But it was also, um, marked by the arrival of what was called the wild hunt, which, um, was when Odin, the Norse god Odin would ride across the sky on his eight legged white horse. So it had a very celestial uh, root uh, in in the Norse tradition. Interesting. Um, the hunt was supposedly like really scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like frightening to behold, um, but it was excite exciting, especially for children. Um, and so it was 
Odin was known to leave gifts at each house household as he rode past. Okay. Um, so there's some some old Santa Claus imagery. Interesting. There. This is according to some information that I got from the conversation. So like if I've got that wrong, blame them. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> not me for my shoddy research. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of where some of our influence of the Christmas tree comes from, mm-hmm. um, especially because Yule um, w- was a direct influence on some of the Northern European countries um, in their Christmas celebrations. Um, it's also still evident in now I'm almost reading just from the article. It's also we can see it in the use of the word Jewel or Yule, J-U-L, mm-hmm. um, which is the word for Christmas in Danish and Norwegian. Oh, okay. Um, so. Well, I know even now, like, we have Yule Tide. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, Yule is part of the some of those those origins as well. Um, but in, in Roman culture, um, they had a, a uh, winter holiday called Saturnalia, uh, which was a three to seven day festival devoted to the Roman god of Saturn. Uh, As the name would imply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this was a hugely popular celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like a wild party. Uh, people were naked in the streets. <laughs> like it was it was a really um, a, a really festive time. And so it became easy for Christians to kind of adapt early Christians to kind of adapt some of those celebrations into their own um, celebrations of Christ's birth. Yeah. Uh, because it was already this big huge festival right um but there was a lot that was done during those festivals that was pretty cool in roman times pretty cool in the sense of like compared to what normal roman culture looks like um slaves were given temporary freedom to do whatever they wanted uh food was shared around uh moral restrictions were lifted Uh uh-huh which is so vague and i need to know more about that yeah what kinds of moral restrictions was this the purge or like (laughs) what's the situation um work was halted nice people didn't work um people exchanged gifts and then they would kind of almost in a mardi gras style they would elect a mock king yeah um and parade them around the city that's awesome um so it was like a it was a very like big festival. Yeah. So when Constantine kind of declared Christianity the the like official uh real religions, a lot of those celebrations of Christmas um coincided with the ones that were previously installed and people were able to kind of just like continue their regular celebration but also like hey, we have a manger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um all in all our Christmas, Christ, Christmas traditions um, pretty much are Roman festivals that we, Roman and Norse festivals that we have adapted. Very interesting. Um, which I think is one of the things that gets me so bent out of shape about people getting upset about taking the Christ out of Christmas or things being too secular or things yeah. like that. And I'm like, listen, <clears throat> it has been a long time since the first Christmas was celebrated, things going to change. Yeah. Like, yeah. we can still celebrate Christmas and buy gifts for people. I do think that there is an unhealthy, you know, obsession with gift buying Yeah, in this country. But, like, I don't think there's an unhealthy obsession with gift giving. 
with the spirit of giving yeah. necessarily. Yeah. I get, well, I guess there can be an unhealthy obsession with that, but I think I think a lot of times we focus so much not we being like the church is so focused on like things not being so outwardly Christian. Mhm. Um, that they lose the fact that like there's still Christian things going on. Yeah. That we are still doing these beautiful good things to celebrate our religious heritage. Um, but we also just want to like include our other friends. Yeah. And and enjoy the season and love on each other and like eat some good food. Yeah, it's always been interesting to me that there seems to be this weird like want to have your cake and eat it too situation yeah like christians want this country some christians want this country to be a christian nation Mm -hmm. and they want christianity to be the dominant religion so now christmas is so commercialized because that's what happens when things go mainstream that it is being like it's everywhere so even people who maybe not if you are of a different religion that has a holiday but like if you're just agnostic or atheist you might celebrate christmas right because right everyone does because christians have made it this (laughs) congratulations it's happened you did it (laughs) it's everywhere but then you're getting mad that Mm -hmm. people are celebrating christmas when they're not jesus like you are mad at a problem you created right right so yeah and I just, and I understand the intention was we need everyone to celebrate Christmas and be Christians, but that's not how that works. Right, <laughs> right. And it, it, I have to admit, like, I with the with the degree to which Christmas is so mainstream, like I do get real sad for anybody who follows any other religion yeah. around the holidays because I'm like, this is overwhelming. It is. This is. This, the, I do, how can, and it, it, I think a lot of times people don't realize how Christianized our nation is, mm-hmm. which is baffling to me because it, like you're saying that like people want this to be like Christ, Christianity is the dominant religion. It's what we follow here in the U.S., but the, you know, those liberals, <laughs> they're trying to take away our Christianity. Yeah. Um, our entire calendar is built around the Christian calendar. Right. Every single bit of our, like, federally recognized holidays originated in Christianity. Yep. yep. We have taken the entire pie, and some some people are just going, can I get a crumb? Yeah. You know, and I think I think we forget how incredibly christianized things have have been yeah and because it's all been doused with american like consumerism right also not to to play off that metaphor i wouldn't even say it's people asking for a crumb of our pie it's like can we get a slice of a different pie right right included on the table yes like it's not taking away from christmas to also mention hanukkah it's right, li- right literally no pie problem. is not the best analogy here because equality is not like pie it's not right, like if right. somebody else gets a piece you get less like yeah. that's not how it works but also it is very interesting too that like everyone always kind of equates hanukkah as like the jewish christmas but really hanukkah is not no it's not a high holiday 
like Rosh Hashanah or like Hanukkah's important and it's very traditional but it's not as like significant as Christmas is to Christians which I just think is interesting yeah everyone deserves to have their culture accepted and appreciated and celebrated yeah and that doesn't mean that like anybody gets like less it's just like everybody gets more yeah (laughs) you know also i just like on the merry christmas happy holidays note i don't know if people are still getting upset about that i just like saying happy holidays because even outside of like religious holidays there's a lot going on this time of year it's not even like I mean, sometimes it's like, I don't know what you celebrate, so yeah. I'm just going to say happy holidays so that you can enjoy whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, which is a courteous thing that you should appreciate. Right. But also, like, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> and it includes Christmas and New Year's. Yes. Even if There's you... a lot going on. I want you to have a hot, happy whole season. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't want I don't want to have, you know, wish you just a single day of happiness. Exactly. That's only in one religion. Exactly. Have it all. You can have it all. <laughs> it's the holiday season. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but another one of our traditions uh, around Christmas that is more secularized, that is strangely enough more rooted in Christianity than we think, is Santa Claus. Santa or Santa Claus. Okay, as they, which is a terrible pronunciation on my part. Santa Claus, uh, as they say in the Netherlands, um, is a is actually this is a tradition that Mark and I uh, that I did not know about until I met Mark because his middle name is Nicholas and my middle name is Nicole and so his mom declared we have the same feast day which is a right. whole thing in the Catholic Church um, that I kind of love um, so Saint Nicholas Day which is um, celebrated on the f- fifth what should i say fifth is it's fifth or sixth it's the first week of december december mm-hmm. 5th it's december 5th um saint nicholas day um is the feast day of saint nicholas a fourth century bishop of turkey um, okay. uh, and so there's this whole dutch tradition of celebrate which i think it's celebrated in more places than just the netherlands um but it is like this tradition of like he will come and put candy in your shoes, <laughs> which yes. I have a hard time separating David Sedaris's um, whole bit in his book about his time as a um, a Macy's elf. Um, it's so yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's so fantastic. Um, but I have a hard time separating his comedy from truth yeah like i mean it's yeah. all everything that he's brought in to that is like based on his research and stuff but it, i mean it is funny writing yeah um check out the santa oh what i can't remember what it's called but like look, look up, up david sedaris and macy's uh christmas elf the santa land diaries the santa land diaries yes it's so good it's which so good they also made into like a a play they which did. i have seen they did and yeah. it's very funny it's oh my gosh he's one of the funniest people alive he but is. like understated funny which is yeah great yeah but anyway saint nicholas so i was digging into this so um sinterklaas which is the celebration of saint nicholas is still really heavily celebrated in the netherlands mm-hmm. um and in some um uh northern european countries uh it's 
almost celebrated more than Christmas. Um, and uh, it's usually like uh, families with small children that really focus on it uh, because the kids get such a kick out of like putting their shoes out and mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Um, and there's different speculation as to like what naughty children get from St. Nicholas because like David Sedaris's stories talk about you like if you're really naughty, you can get taken back to Spain. You get kidnapped. <laughs> where he's from apparently, yeah. even though he was a bishop of Turkey. <laughs> And it's um, celebrated in the Netherlands. So, like, there's a lot weird, of yeah. geography happening. Um, but then, like, I think the most common agreement is, like, it would be a potato. You mm-hmm. get a potato if you're naughty. But then, <laughs> like, most, obviously, most people don't do that anymore because yeah. it's cruel. Um, uh, but the weird thing about St. Nicholas is he is an official figure in the Christian church. Right. Especially the Catholic church, but, or, and in mainstream Christianity. Um, it's really cool. We got to do St. Nicholas day at the Episcopal church the first year that we were there. Oh, cool. And the, the bishop, the actual bishop of this diocese came to the church because it is the cathedral, um, dressed as St. Nicholas, like the, not, not Not Santa Santa. Claus, but St. Nicholas, the bishop, um, and gave all the kids little candy canes. It was adorable. It was I the love cutest it. thing. Also, our bishop is amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so he was a fourth century bishop of what is now Turkey. Um, but there's not really like any real official like written record mm-hmm. from that time that that says he existed. Um but there is written record, like, from after that time that talks about him. Okay. From my understanding, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. But th- he is where we get a lot of our giving traditions. He is kind of blended with that whole Odin figure about, like, bringing children toys and yeah. stuff like that. Because he was a very generous guy. And he often would, like, give just like almost to a miraculous degree yeah um to people um uh, from what he had and he would give to children a lot but then so in my research on saint nicholas i found out a few things that like i was like excuse me what Mm -hmm. um so even though there's not like written records there's a lot of churches around the world who claim to have relics of St. Nicholas. And if you don't know what that means, means body parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a bone. I think it was a skull bone. Was it a skull bone? I cannot remember. Uh, oh, here we go. No, it's a hip bone. In 2017, uh, researchers dated a relic fragment, which was a piece of hip bone, supposedly supposed to be of St. Nicholas uh-huh. from a church in the United States and confirmed that it was from the fourth century. Okay. Um, well. So like, um, yeah. So his, um, his place of his burial became a, like a place of pilgrimage uh, for a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, naturally people take things uh-huh. <laughs> and they become relics. Oh my gosh! Uh, and his his official relics remain enshrined in the Basilica of San Nicola, and so those fragments have been acquired by churches around the world, um, and who claim to have 
fragments of St. Nicholas. Just body parts. That's chilling. the one thing. We're going to, we need to do a whole thing on that because, like, yes, that is we the do. one thing I'm like, why do we need to trade body parts, guys? Yes. Yes. Um, I need a whole episode. But um, some of the other stories about St. Nicholas are really interesting because, um, yeah, he was really generous. There was a story about him paying the marriage dowries of gold to three girls whom poverty would otherwise have forced into the lives of prostitution. Okay. Um, so, like, I mean, cool. Um, it was pretty cool that you did that. Yeah. But then in the same sentence <laughs> on this Britannica article about him, it says, and he was reputed to have restored life, restored to life, three children who had been chopped up by a butcher and put in a tub of brine. One of his miracles is said to have been that he brought three chopped up children back to life after they had been killed, cut into pieces, and put into brine. Um, Which sounds like a very, like, like gingerbread man, old witch in the woods kind of situation. I, listen, when it comes to miracles of saints and things in the Catholic Church, there are some things that I'm willing to be like, Okay, sure, if you say so. I don't know if I'm willing to go there. <laughs> I don't know if I know. I'm willing to go there. I know. I just... Wow. But if that really happened, like, cool, dude. Say, Dang. That gives me a whole new perspective on Santa Claus. I mean, like, he is... He's yeah. more powerful than we care to admit. He... <laughs> He also apparently, um, he also apparently roundhouse kicked a dude in the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> As he should. Uh, by roundhouse kicked, I mean struck. <laughs> um, he struck a heretic um, okay. in the face at the Council of Nicaea, which is where the Nicene Creed comes right, from. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so apparently he was present at these very important moments in Christianity. Um but there's not a lot of, like, writings about yeah, him? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of writings about him. And yet he is one of the most prominent figures at Christmas time in the form of Santa Claus. Why? I just, beats me, dude. But um, the one thing that, like, out of all of these, like, traditions and historical, like, celebrations that we have, the one thing that always survives mm-hmm. around this time of year is that sense of generosity of giving to people who don't have a lot, particularly I think because it's cold, people don't have food. Yeah. You know, like when we're, when we're back in the days of like having to farm for everything that we eat or gather everything that we eat, like it's, it's especially difficult to watch somebody not have. That's very true. And you know, that idea of generosity has persisted Mm -hmm. regardless of the tradition that it is rooted in. Yeah. And then the idea of um, hospitality, of being around people and welcoming people mm-hmm. and just loving people and that warmth mm-hmm. is something that has um, persisted throughout those seasons. And and um, this other idea of like taking a break, of stopping your work, of making the slaves free. Yeah. (laughs) Stopping their work. 
taking this moment to rest and and take stock is also that idea that has persisted but i think that is one that is kind of waning we don't know how to rest at least in the right. west in the west we don't know how to rest yeah we don't rest we need in it the back. west um and this season can be like really hectic and really difficult and i can attest to that already yeah because it is like already wild my calendar is already so booked yeah but like um i just really like to think about that in terms of like we get so caught up about christmas and so caught up about all the traditions and caught up about like we guess we should be celebrating this way you can't talk yeah. about happy holidays you got to <laughs> say merry christmas but in reality like that spirit is really what we should be focused on regardless of what somebody celebrates or who they believe in or like you know whether or not they hide baby Jesus from the major <laughs> until Christmas Day, you know? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I know Christians talk a lot about, like, the hospitality of... Um, I think sometimes things like uh, there not being room at the inn yeah. is kind of juxtaposed with, you know, spending time with your family and... Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was, you know, the most important thing about even the first Christmas was that they just, you know, had each other and it was simple and, yeah. um, what's the word? Unassuming. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I've always appreciated about Christmas is the, the appreciation for just family time for, I mean, gifts are great, but you know, um, yeah. I mean, if we think about all the traditions that we talked about, that we cherish and that stand out to us. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like with, with our families, it's stuff doing things together. Exactly. Strangling ostriches together. Exactly. Like, you know? Yes. And it's, it's never once for me been the materialistic part of it. And I mean, like, I don't want to be cheesy when I say that, but like, I think as Christians, we really need to like calm down. Yeah. And just realize that like, this season is not just ours. Mm-hmm. It is a winter season of needing to find warmth with your fellow man mm-hmm. and woman and and they. <laughs> and needing to like, you know, like needing to just accept humanity and the change of the season and that the fact that down the road there's going to be new life popping out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And this is our pause. This is our moment to say, let's assess. Let's look yep. back. Let's figure out you know what's important and what we want to do better right yeah and that has no religion exactly so exactly don't you want to make christmas cookies now i kind i actually would listen i'll make christmas cookies i know any time of year i'll make any kind of cookie anytime you just wait i bought the molasses i bought the ginger my gingerbread cookies are coming i'm ready and i shouldn't say my gingerbread cookies let me announce to you dear listener on tiktok there's this beautiful woman oh yes um her tiktok account is lakin's appalachian life um and her uncle's gingerbread recipe is up on her tiktok and it is fantastic make sure that you have the muscles to mix it because you you will you will ruin your kitchenaid mixer with this stuff Uh but 
Oh my gosh, I've never had such good gingerbread in my entire life. It's so good. That This has been a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Jordan's cooking for <laughs> Yeah. That was good. I'm excited for Christmas now. See? Yeah. I can make anybody into a Christmas <laughs> celebrator at any time of the year. Holiday Jordan strikes again. <laughs> I did text Sarah the other day and I was like, oh no, I have a problem. <laughs> She's arrived. And then without hesitation, she texted back and said, is Holiday Jordan here? Because <laughs> we have Fall Sarah and Holiday Jordan. Yeah. It's our it's our uh, peak forms of ourselves yes. when we reach the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> self-actualization. Self-actualization. I self-actualize into Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. What, that's what it is. Exactly. It's really because it's the season when we eat the most food. That too. Let's that too. Listen, it's when I'm at my most powerful. <laughs> I am carb loaded. Yes. 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 Yeah. Long story short, Christmas is beautiful. Stop worrying about it. Love your people. Love everyone. Stay tuned. Listen to Reba and stay communed. <laughs> Amen. God bless us. One everyone. child, one day. <laughs> This episode of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. Cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.